It's Friday, and if you've ever heard us say that phrase before, you know that it's time for Rush Hour. I'm Amukta. And I'm Nicole. So this is, um, and I don't, I don't know if I can say exciting, but this is like an episode that we will hold close to our hearts. <laughs> Something along those lines. I'm struggling with words right now. <laughs> but because this is the second to last episode, and the last episode that where we will actually have news. news. Yeah. Yeah. So, for the rest of the school year, and then we're going into summer Oh, I forgot to say that second part. (laughs) Don't be scared. Don't worry. We'll come back in like a couple months. We'll come back. We'll be back next year. Yeah. Yes. So, um, we do have a lot of news to share today, so we can just jump right in. And Nicole has the first story. Yeah, this has been headline news on a lot of stations recently, Um, the past... Yeah, a few days. It's that the United States has been hacked. Um, A cyber attack hit the U.S. government recently and compromised multiple U.S. federal agencies, as well as normal citizens in the states of Oregon and Louisiana. The breach affected anybody in those two states that either had a driver's license or a state ID card, which is an big percentage of people have at least one of those things so that amounts to 3.5 million oregonians okay when i was searching this up that was like <laughs> that was the funniest thing to hear what these states call themselves 3.5 million oregonians and over 3 million louisianians <laughs> so the main data the main data that was leaked from those two states' motor departments um, were social security numbers and driver's license oh, numbers. okay. Which is, yeah, that's a pretty big deal because that can go into identity theft and a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no sign that the hackers have sold, released, or used any of the data so far. Um, the hack also likely exposed data at hundreds of organizations in the U.S. and around the world, and these are really big organizations like BBC and British Airways in the U.K. Um, so this was a hack by Klopp, which is a Russian-speaking ransomware gang. Um, they claimed credit for all of this chaos, and these hackers are known to demand multi-million dollar ransoms. One of their like infamous ones was... Asking, like, a non-starter for $100 million, I'm pretty sure. So these are really, really big ransoms. But the U.S. government said that they have not received any of these demands so far. So we don't know what's going to happen there. The good news is that we were somewhat prepared for this because there was a huge surge in ransomware attacks in 2021. And since the invasion of Ukraine, uh, the U.S. has been preparing for a possible Russian hacking attack. So the FBI and the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency were prepared and are willing to provide assistance to all of those citizens who have just gotten all of their info taken. Do you think it's pretty secure, like, it's more secure now? Or... Like, is the situation more under control? I think the situation is, I mean, it's still in the early stages. This has only happened very, very recently. Um, So we obviously haven't gotten any of the data back, and there's probably going to be, like, 
don't know. They're probably going to have to go through a lot um, to get people back to, like, secure, only knowing your own information. Um, Especially, but like I said, yeah, it hasn't been, none of the information has been released yet. So it's not, like, in the wild that we have to track down. Mm -hmm. And we know who it is. And so. For doing, like, such a big, uh, doing an act, like, taking the the government's information or like hacking the government i'm surprised their name is clop clop <laughs> c-l-o-p i know i mean it sounds <laughs> i guess it kind of sounds <laughs> russian that was like the only thing i thought of like i feel like i do know a russian character named clop oh like i feel like you would hear that in a book like it yeah. seems but I, I it doesn't seem very like a high-tech name yeah something like capable the... of like finding yeah, exactly. Millions of it's like anticlimactic. I know. <laughs> but, um, that is scary. I'm really gr- glad it didn't reach um, Washington, but also I, I know. empathize with the Oregonians and the, and the Louisianians. <laughs> Me personally, yeah. I think Louisianians should be the Louisianies. Louisianies. Oh, that just makes so much more sense to me. Yeah, I think we have a really good name, Washingtonians. Yeah, that one, that's that, that one has a ring. Good. That's so smooth. Mm-hmm. I love that one. What are the, oh, I guess it's like New Yorkers. Californians. Not, Californians. That sounds pretty good, too. Yeah. Idahoans. Carolinians. Carolinians. Texans. Yeah, oh, Texans that has, that's a, a good ring. I think yeah. Texans is used. Like, Floridi- I feel like Floridians. Floridians. Ugh, I hate Floridians. <laughs> Sorry if you're from Florida. <laughs> I cannot deal. But anyways, yes. Um, so that's what's been going on. And hopefully... After this, we f- the country figures out a way to keep everything more secure so that something like this doesn't happen <laughs> again. But yeah. Okay. So uh, the next news story, it's actually it also has to do with the United States. But a lot of precautions are being taken uh, within police departments ever since the case of George Floyd back in 2020. Um, and it's just kind of like a general trend, but you know... Uh, America hasn't been the same since what happened to George Floyd with the Black Lives Matter movement and with, like, a lot of um, backlash with police departments, people noticing and, like, taking action against police brutality. Uh, But people have been specifically claiming that they've been seeing patterns of brutality with the Minneapolis police force. And there are claims that they discriminate against African-American and Native American people, as well as people with behavioral issues. And in 2021, which was two years ago, yeah, the Trump administration backed away from these allegations and even made the counter that police officers have to do all sorts of things and make split decisions, split second decisions the last minute. And um, they used that as a way to like justify them not speaking up about police brutality. Um, so since 2020, hundreds of Minneapolis police department officers, police officers left. Uh, the department and it's just a general trend that's being observed but people are starting to recognize minneapolis as more of a racist city and, and like the the twin cities in general they they've been noticing like the inequality between um races when it comes to well racism in general and then like how how um the police department treats uh people based on their race so i guess it's not a new news stories but it's coming in it's coming to light because as the trend grows, there's more um, issues of people recognizing the the brutality because of a factor like race. Right. 
Yeah. And I don't Minneapolis. Where is Minneapolis? Um, it's uh, Missouri. I think so. Oh, Minnesota, I'm, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minneapolis. It, it borders. <laughs> border Canada. Um, Minneapolis. I feel like it's definitely in one of the M states, but I also don't know how. Yeah, Min, uh, Minnesota borders Canada. That's that's all okay. I know, which is surprising. So to it's me definitely north. It's north, and that's surprising, right? Because yeah. these things usually happen in the southern states, and just historically, those kind of things happen in southern states. So. I guess, yeah, so. just when you're talking about like um, the liberal versus conservative mm-hmm. states, I don't know if... Not many northern states are that conservative. They're not, so, which is yeah, which is I guess surprising. Idaho is. Idaho's a majority conservative, right? Well yeah, but there's like exceptions. So maybe Minnesota's well, one of those. I mean, exceptions. even in all of the conservative states, the main cities are usually much more liberal. Mm-hmm. So I guess Minneapolis is one of the main cities. Is it the capital? I'm not sure. But it's definitely a main city. We're not good at geography here, <laughs> if you haven't already caught on. But it's definitely a main city, and so it's um, interesting to have something happen like that. Yeah. A little scary, too, I would say. I know. Actually, I'm going to search up. <laughs> Is Minnesota... Yeah, Minnesota is considered liberal. So, interesting. It's the role switch. Mm-hmm. Well, um, those are our two pieces of news today. Big pieces of news. We have some speed news and some good news now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start off, yeah, we're going to start with, with the speed news today and on a good note. Um, do you want to start us off, Mika? Sure. Um, well, it's not a good note anymore, but Putin <laughs> announced that Russia placed has placed missiles in Belarus and would like uh, anyone who has the intention to defeat Russia to be aware of that, and this was kind of a public thing as well. You know, kind oh. of reminds me of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh yes! <laughs> oh my gosh! Parallelism. Yes. Well, not here, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is interesting because I I think well I've been researching um, Russia and Ukraine for my history recently, and mm-hmm. I think that. Belarus is the other nation that Russia was used to be a part of mm-hmm. or used to be a part of the Soviet Union and Russia wants Belarus as well. I mean they're Ooh. not invading but they're definitely I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Belarus. So maybe I don't know. <laughs> they're putting threats in a lot of nations now. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Uh moving on, the next piece is a it's a good piece, it's a bittersweet. Um, Robert Bowers, a truck driver who barged into a Pittsburgh synagogue um, in 2018 and shot anyone he could find, ending up killing 11 in an act of anti-Semitic terror, was convicted today of over 60 charges. I think it was like 63 or 67. Um, something like that. So the jury now has to go through the punishment phase, which could go up to two weeks. Um, but they're going to decide whether to send him to death row or have life in prison without parole. So that's okay. Um, yeah, those are some pretty serious, like 60, 63 or 67. Either number is like a really okay, yeah, it's in the 60s of charges. Insane, yeah. 
And I don't know. It makes me sad that anti-Semitism is like still, well, any any anti like, yeah. There's racism. All, and all of these that. hate. But crimes. I don't know. That yeah, that's really, that's really sad. But because like I, never mind. I can't was, say anything about it. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was um the news headlines that have been reporting it said that this act of terror was the biggest um or sorry act of anti-semitism um was the most fatal anti-semitic attack in the u.s's history oh wow so that's kind of a that's a really low point for us actually. i know i mean it was in 2018 uh-huh. but um yeah so goes to show how big of a deal it was and so we'll see what happens to him and what um what is his sentence yeah all right so the next okay this is kind of a really bad transition oh but near prescott arizona a human was killed in a bear attack um which is reported to be the second deadly one in arizona actually um and the bear who killed the human was also killed in the end gosh we're just all about murder today (laughs) yeah oh my gosh and and records with those murders second second deadliest bear attack yeah that's kind of a weird record set but i mean that is very sad (laughs) okay wait i was saying we're gonna go into good news we're gonna lighten the mood in a second but i have i have some good speed news for you all just to make a good transition um this is the last piece of speed news and yes it is good this week illinois became the first state to prohibit book bans amidst the nationwide surge in laws limiting access to certain books and these books are mostly about or written by members of the lgbtq plus community or people of color so um, Illinois is, yeah, the first state to say that you cannot ban any of these books and libraries have to um, go use the American Library Association's Bill of Rights or make their own statement prohibiting book bans or else they won't be funded by the state. I am so surprised. Illinois. <laughs> okay, first of all, yes, Illinois. These northern states are kind of shocking me, but also because... I didn't know book bans were still a thing. Like I thought. Oh yeah, that Have is you, really surprising to me. When we talk about Florida a lot, we do talk about Florida and DeSantis <laughs> on here a lot, and about like the "Don't Say Gay" law yeah. and stuff like that. A lot of that is also yeah in public schools, mm-hmm. banning certain books that public schools can libraries can carry and wow. show their show their students, and also just like public libraries in general. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, book banning is, I know, it seems like something from, like, the 1700s or, like, yeah. the, the Salem witch trials, like, when they're, that, like, burning books. Exactly. But. That's so weird. And I've, like, heard, like, specs about it, like, oh, if it's controversial, like, if it's about communism, then they try to, like, ban it. Yeah, Which yeah. I'm like, okay, fine, like, I get why. But also, why, I, I didn't realize the books being banned were, were by authors from the LGBTQ plus community or people of color. That's just, that's just like really sad exactly that's why yeah that's why this is some really good news and hopefully some more states can be implementing this Mm -hmm. um as well um but yeah because that does seem like a george orwell kind of thing to be banning books Mm -hmm. but 
anyways, yeah, that is our speed news. That is a transition. Good transition into our good news. Yeah. Do you want to start us off here? Yes, and I was telling Nicole about this earlier, but um, mine, I, I usually, for good news, I like if it's a little comedic, and this is a little comedic, but it's also kind of sad, so... Okay. Not necessarily good news, but maybe maybe you can laugh. Okay, it. let's hear it. Um, Jessenia uh, Gutierrez Serrano, a 28-year-old woman, posed as a 17-year-old and enrolled in a high school uh, to learn English. So her mother helped her use a fake passport from Honduras to enroll in a Louisiana high school. And also, this isn't the first time that an adult has posed as a child to go to a high school. And they are facing charges for this because there's some like laws of like inappropriate behavior like an adult can't just pretend Pretend. to be a child and go to a high school there's some there's some laws about that but you know if if you read the headline it is a little bit funny like a an adult pretended to be a child and go to school and then i read the story and i was like oh it's not that funny but (laughs) it, it is a little sad because um they were immigrants so they were just like trying to learn english which I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of ways to learn English. So I, I don't know if I, I would blame them. I just thought, you know what? This isn't even funny anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it goes to show how I don't know the, the lengths that people will go to be able to settle in a country that mm-hmm. is a former country with a former language. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Louisiana needs to make more language learning opportunities possible i don't know yeah that's a good i think it's it's a good <laughs> learning experience <laughs> um but yeah that is very interesting this is i have one that's also related around central america or south america where's honduras i'm not sure central america. central america this is Oh, this is about South America. Sorry. Oh, this is about Colombia. (laughs) Um, And this is also like a very bittersweet story. It starts Mm -hmm. off sad, but it is a good story. Um, A month ago, a small plane crashed in the Colombian Amazon jungle where the... Oh, there was a a mother and her four young children who were 13 years old, 9 years old, 4 years old, and an infant. Um, So in the crash... The pilot died, the um, Amazon, there was one other person who died, and then the mother died, unfortunately. Um, But all four kids survived. Uh, By small plane crash, was it just like them and then the other person? It was, yeah, four children, three adults, so seven people. It was a very small plane. Okay. Um, So, yeah, it was a small plane crash, and... Only the four kids survived, and they were in the middle of the Amazon jungle. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so fortunately, this is the good news. All four kids were able to survive for 40 days in the Amazon rainforest before they were rescued. The president of Colombia, Gustavo Petro, said that the children survived like children of the jungle. Um, They were eating farina and fruit that they found. Uh, in case you didn't know, farina is a cost of a flower that indigenous tribes of the Amazon commonly use. So they were carrying some in their plane when they crashed. So they ate the rest of that mm-hmm. over the course of the month. And then when they ran out of that, they went to eating the fruit that they could find in the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, they 
all the children had indigenous origins, so that was really helpful because it gave them immunity to diseases commonly found in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then it also um, helped them, like, they had knowledge of what to eat, what not to eat, where to find water, all of these survival skills. So more than 100 Colombian special force troops and over 70 indigenous scouts had been looking for the missing people since their disappearance. And this is another, I guess, good part of it. One of the search dogs actually went missing while trying to find them. Wait, why is that good? Because because it turns out that the search dog eventually did find the kids. Oh, okay. And he didn't have any... Um, humans or rescuers with him but Mm -hmm. he found the kids and he stayed with them and was a little companion to them for a few days that's so i know before they were found um so yeah that was really cute but then also they were eventually found 40 days later this happened in may oh my god no yeah beginning of may may 1st i think Mm -hmm. or may 2nd And they were found this Monday, this past Monday. So it's been a really long time. They were airlifted to a hospital in Bogota, Colombia. And they are dehydrated and still can't eat food, but they are safe there and recovering. Okay. I think, I don't know, that's a a really great story. It sounds like something out of a movie. I know. uh, The part that makes me sad is that they won't, like, once they recover, they won't have a mother to go back to. Exactly. So, yeah, it is really bittersweet. But... Yeah, I do feel like it would be kind of something that somebody would make, like, a documentary about. Or not a documentary, a movie about. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna expect to see that next year. <laughs> the story. <laughs> we'll be the on the lookout, yeah. Yeah. With an infant, they help the infant survive. That's amazing. That's, what, that's why I put the years in. A 13-year-old, 9-year-old, 4-year-old, and an infant. They all work wow. together. That's really impressive. And, yeah, helped each other survive. So, Yeah. That is our, I think it's a good ending. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that is all of our news for today. All, that was all of the news for this year. That was wow. the last news story. I think that's a great news story to end on. I think it's a good ending too. Yeah, I was really interested in that story. Um, but now we have not the last. What do we have? We have a third segment. We have a third segment, yeah. Um, I'll do a little bit of explaining before we get into it. But this third segment is just... Um, I collected the voices of a bunch of uh, students who are going to miss a senior from the school and just what they had to say about them. Because as you know, the seniors from our school graduated on Tuesday. So I don't know. The school is like a fourth empty now. So yeah. Yeah. But that's what our next segment is about them. So we can just get into listening to that. Three days after high school graduation, and three days before the last day of school, the seniors are no longer part of MIHS, so let's see who's going to be missed by the students. Chelsea, it was so fun playing badminton with you. Sophia Novak will miss you on the tennis court next year. Charlotte Swolven, I'm going to miss playing tennis with you at practice. So, the senior I'm going to miss the most is Matthew Young. And I hope he comes back and visits us during band camp or just any time in the middle of the year. He better visit the alto section on percussion because he sucks for that. Hi, Andy. I miss you so much. You're so fun to be around, but I hope you have a great four years in college. Matthew, you will always be someone I aspire to be like. No matter how far away you are, I'm proud of you. 
Hey Sam, your kindness, work ethic, and humor always seem to shine through. Um, you inspire all of us. We're going to miss you. I'm going to miss Kristen Smoots because she is the sweetest person, and I'm going to miss her kind energy and just the way she makes everyone feel so appreciated and special. I'm going to miss Sophia Azano a lot because she um, she does radio and band just like me. She was my section leader for the trumpet section. I love her, and I will miss her very much. I'm going to miss my favorite senior, Molly Rojas. No offense to any other seniors I know, but uh, she's always so outgoing and never afraid to be herself. I'm going to miss Priya Banankar. Matthew Young, because he's just really, really awesome and helpful and cool. That was so cute. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That was so sweet. That's but. such a good <laughs> That's such a good segment. I would have never thought of that, but that was a good idea. Yeah. And I know a lot of people listening right now probably or might not know them, but you know, take a minute to appreciate the seniors in your life who you might never see again. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you're never going to see them again in your entire <laughs> life. Say goodbye now forever. Oh, that is sad. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to commemorate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a senior that you're going to miss? Um, I think I think I have a lot of seniors that I'm going to miss. Too. No one specific. But do you have anything you want to say to anyone in particular? I don't know who would be listening i also don't have anybody uh, that specific <laughs> okay <laughs> i guess i'll miss my brother but he's kind of annoying sometimes so okay. and i'll see him again so <laughs> it's fine i don't have to <laughs> say it on here but yeah that was really sweet that was a really good ending for this um but yeah that is our last full normal rush hour episode of the year mm-hmm. it's really exciting sad and exciting yeah but you can't expect us Expect to see us next week, but we're just going to be doing some like fun games, and exactly karaoke maybe and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just a good end to the year, kick off to summer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you want to make sure that you uh, stay tuned for that and listen to us there because that will be pretty fun. Maybe we'll have some guests. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. Until then, um, you can keep listening to KMIH 88.9 The Bridge.